Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, hello, everyone. It's Susie Crypto Granny here. Uh, the date's the 4th of June, 2021, and the time is 17.13 Amsterdam time, the Netherlands, which is uh, 13 past 5, 5.13 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, crypto market is down, t- t- <coughs> excuse me, down today. The market cap is $1.656 trillion. Now, yesterday, I think that market cap was about $17.23 trillion. So I watched that quite closely. Money is coming out of the market, the crypto market. Volume's at $88.334 billion, And liquidity's at $4.127 billion, which is good liquidity. And Bitcoin dominance is constant at 41.47%. When we look at uh, Mazari and just go to all the assets and look at real value... Uh, real volume, I should say. Uh, Tether did 31.84. Ethereum did 8.31. Bitcoin, 7.9. Binance US, 5.12 bell. LDodge, 3.21. BNB, 2.97. ADA, 2.12 bill. Uh, Matic, 2.12 bill. Uh, Cardano, about the same. Uh, what else we got? XRP, 1.44 bill. Um, interesting, the market's down probably about 5 to to 10%. And I said to my clients today, basically, the technicals did look very yucky on a four-hour, that's for sure, looking at the 200-day moving average on a four-hour. But I said to my clients, I'm looking to buy really good coins. If there's another sell-off, I'm going to be buying more, okay? And I would certainly be, I can wait for the market. We bought some Bitcoin and other things, you know, a couple of days ago. And, you know, if Bitcoin got below 32000 I'm a buyer, definitely. If XRP got anywhere near $0.50 cents or $0.60, cents, I'm a buyer. You know, if VeChain got to $0.10 cents or $0.09, cents, happy days, I'm a buyer. VET, if VET got, uh, uh, sorry, not VET, uh, Tron, sorry, I'm very tired today, people. If Tron got to about $0.06, cents, I'm a buyer of Tron. Bitcoin under point. Uh, sorry, BitTorrent under 0.00401. I'm a buyer under that. Uh, the lower the better. So I'm definitely looking to buy very, very selective coins. Just let me have a drink for a minute. Won't be a sec. Mm. Oh, I got up a bit late today, but I went to bed too late. And now I'm trying to wake up all day. And I've had clients this morning. So that's why I'm late. And uh, the day just has just flown, and it's a beautiful sunny day in the Netherlands today. Everyone's got their shorts on. I think it's about 27 out there today, so it's quite warm uh, for the Netherlands. So let's go into the cryptocurrency news. Paxful has announced the launch of a new commercial tool called Paxful Pay, which allows any business to accept 
crypto payments, which is interesting, and Bitcoin. So obviously they're trying to be in competition with PayPal. I noticed today PayPal's down again. It's just hopeless. I mean, if you're doing cryptocurrency on PayPal, don't even, you know, waste your time. Serious. It was down on the 17th of May, the 18th of May, and the 19th of May with that big sell-off, and now it's down today. I mean, their, their system is just not stable enough. Obviously, they cannot cope with cryptocurrency, uh, selling cryptocurrency, but also they, they've announced that they're going to uh, allow you to withdraw cryptocurrency, and that's even going to be more diabolical if we get another sell-off like the 19th. So I sure as hell wouldn't be using PayPal my, myself. It's just not for me. I go directly to the uh, the main exchange, Binance, to buy my crypto and to sell my crypto where the liquidity is, where there are millions and millions and millions of clients, more than Coinbase, for example. Now, Norton Antivirus Software, Norton, has <coughs> come out with a new product, right? It's called Norton LifeLock or Norton 360 LifeLock that allows users uh, to mine cryptocurrency directly through its platform, right? And apparently you can mine Ethereum, which is interesting. Uh, the, only, the only drawdown is if you're on the platform, it's going to cost you something like 15% to do it. And then once you mine the Ethereum and get some Ethereum, you take it back to the Norton wallet. I mean, that sounds quite interesting. I wouldn't mind having a look at that, just of interest. So it's the Norton 360 antivirus, and they're going to allow their 13 million customers, uh, I think mainly out of the U.S., to mine Ethereum, and they intend to do more cryptocurrency in the future. So watch that space. That's very interesting that Norton is now coming in, coming into it. And you might see other uh, antivirus uh, technologies come in as well. So that's quite interesting. Um, South Korea plans to tax overseas crypto assets in 2022 between uh, the 1st of January 2022 to July 2023. I don't know how they're going to do that, seriously. I mean, how do they know what you're doing overseas, right? Do they check every exchange all over the world? I don't see how any regulatory authority can do that when, you know, globally is about 9,000 exchanges. I mean, how can they do that? How do they know where I'm, you know, what exchange I'm using? If I'm in Australia, if I'm in the uh, Amsterdam, I mean, it, to me, I just don't know how the regulatory authorities are going to do this when they are so many cryptocurrency exchanges and you can move so, so much money from different spots in crypto. Uh, it's just beyond me. Now, China uh, doesn't make any sense to me either. They're now, you know, they were they closed down all the crypto exchanges, all the trading environments, all the miners and everything. And now one of the uh, government officials came out and said, if people can trade in crypto as long as they know the risks. So again, you know, it's the same with any regulators. We always get this conflicting yes, no, maybe, you know what I mean? All this stuff, you know, is inflation bad? Is it not? Are we going to rate rise? Are we not? I mean, it just proves to me. And when I talk to you about the SEC today with Ripple, it just proves to me that the regulators, the central bankers, you know, people, you know, looking to regulate companies and everything else, whether it be ASIC or the SEC, ASIC in Australia or the SEC in the US, they just haven't got a freaking clue. Seriously, they just haven't. I mean, they're not market savvy people at all and they just haven't got a clue. I don't believe they do. Now, apparently people are saying, all the media is saying today, and I have no idea because I don't, you know, watch and I don't look at Twitter much and everything else. But apparently they're saying uh, Musk tweeted something about a, a breakup from the largest cryptocurrency that he was not going to, you know, work with the Bitcoin or any, anything or something like that. And apparently I, I'm, you know, from all the social media, if you believe that, 
uh, the market's down because of that. And I don't think that's a good enough reason. Seriously, I just think that's a joke. I mean, the market is still a bit skittish from the 19th of the 5th sell-off. Uh, obviously, it caught many people's unawares. M you know, one and a half pe million people lost money, traders particularly. One guy lost $45 million. And I, you can imagine people are very, very skittish on the downside. I mean, the downside goes further than you'd ever expect, people. And I have to emphasize again, and I've said this to my clients, you know, cryptocurrency market is the most risky, riskiest asset markets of any other market, right, in the fiat market. Um, you could add a million times the risk in the cryptocurrency market for operational risk for all sorts of things, okay? Being in the wrong coins, again, there's 10,300 coins and tokens, and 97% of those are going to be broke within two years. I mean, we only invest, myself and my clients only invest in 45 coins, okay? And there is a difference between coins and tokens, and you need to get educated if you don't know that, right? So the market shouldn't be paying the same price for a coin and a token, okay? Now, yesterday, you know, I looked at the charts yesterday, and Bitcoin to me looked like it had a, you know, a bullish uh, triangle on it with a breakout. A lot of the other charts, as I said to you, had breakouts yesterday. Some of them are still holding their uh, 200 day moving average over a four hour, but some look, you know, pretty yucky. So, you know, it's been a reverse of that bullish technical story. And, you know, technically it doesn't look good on the four hours and there could be further losses. So, you know, I won't be buying any more until this market consolidates. Uh, if it does have another big downside move, then, you know, I'll probably put my, my foot in the water. Now, I do know all the option traders at the moment. Some uh, short the market overall for Bitcoin, but they're long Ethereum, right? So watch Ethereum because seriously, there's a lot of calls on Ethereum uh, for it to go up. They've bought call options, which means they want Ethereum to go up and they're short Bitcoin. Now, I suspect uh, Ethereum will come off big time. Okay, I don't like Ethereum as a technology. Uh, I did, you know, I did a, a video for my clients yesterday from a Goldman Sachs report on Ethereum, and looked at the amount of DApps that they're they're putting on new clients in a month. Now, in their heyday, you know, 2017-2018, Ethereum used to put on about 130 clients a day with apps and and other and and people that had you know clients that had to use their technology their, their platform right and now they're only putting on about two and three and that doesn't surprise me because their technology is terrible but they're behind the curve their fees are huge the system's slow it breaks down and you know of course you've got two thousand more you know smart contract platforms out there doing it better and cheaper with proof of stake or something better, like Ripple, for example, with Avalanche, right? Mm. Which doesn't cost you an arm and a leg of 250 US or more uh, that Ethereum does. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Also, the founder, uh, Vitalik Buterin, I think he's a Canadian-Russian guy, and he's only young, he's a genius, clearly, uh, you know, came out and said, look, you know, yes, we've got technology problems for sure with the system. We need to fix a lot of things. But he came out and said it was more the problem with people. So you can interpretate that whichever way you like. I mean, maybe there's a, a bit of mix, uh, you know, in the Ethereum camp. Other people, you know, maybe in the Ethereum camp, they have a divergence of mix. The fact that the founder said there's an issue with people uh, makes me wonder about that. But either way, I believe Ethereum is so overvalued, it is a joke. 
And I'm a seller of Ethereum, you know, in every way, futures, because I just think it is so expensive and it doesn't deserve to be here. It is losing clients hand over fist, okay? That business is not growing. You know, it's fee businesses because it's ripping everyone off that uses it, right? But there are too many competitors out there that do it better, right? And including Bernard Smart Chain, okay? So I think Ethereum is just so overvalued, it is a joke. Plus you've got all the fund managers, and I call them funny managers, because it, it clearly tells me that the fund managers have no idea about the technology of Ethereum, right? And they've all got spread trades on. They're selling Bitcoin and they're buying Ethereum, and they're just dumb, dumb, dumb about this. And they will lose their money because I think Ethereum is overvalued here at 2,653. I think it is a joke and it should me should not be the second uh, after Bitcoin, right? It just shouldn't be. So seriously, I see that in two years' time being out of the, the top 10. I really do. And I know that's a big statement, but I do see that out of the top 10. And I see Binance itself maybe being second to Bitcoin. That's what I do see, right? Binance is a mega story, a mega, mega story. If you know uh, all the history of Binance and all their investments and what they do, Binance is just a huge, huge cash cow business, huge cash cow business regardless, okay? So um, let's just go through the other notes here. What else we got here today, people? So um, Engine JumpNet went live for NFTs, which is great for Engine. And I do see Engine very, very cheap. If it goes lower, I'm definitely putting my hand up to buy some. Okay, there's no doubt about that. Now, Ripple transferred $420 million to former executive uh, Jed McCallum, right? This guy has so much Ripple, it is a joke, right? Uh, he's got literally, you know, he had a timetable from when he left, I think, in 2014. And he had about, God, off $6 billion Ripple. I think he's still got $3 billion. And a lot of that he can sell this year because the handcuffs are off. And they gave him another $420 million, which is basically, uh, you know, the end of his uh, agreement, settlement agreement with the company. And we know that McCallum has been dumping XRP all the way, okay? He just keeps selling it and selling it and selling it which hasn't helped the coin, you know, ripple uh, XRP where it sits in terms of price, right? And I assume he'll be selling even more, right? I mean, just this alone, this amount of uh, XRP was 408 million US dollars. I mean, God almighty, this guy is too wealthy. He needs to give this away. Seriously, he's got billions, right? What's a guy like this going to do with billions? I mean, there's a whole planet of people that are living in poverty. Do something with the money, man. Jed McCallum, don't be so selfish with all this money. I mean, you know, it's a crime against humanity when people get paid this sort of money. Beans and beans of dollars and they keep it for themselves. You know, they could do so much with that money for the poor, seriously. Just makes me cross, I have to say. And, um, you know, there's there's also rumours out there and, you know, through the social media. Some people are saying that Musk is trying to dump uh, Bitcoin and Justin Sun is trying to pump it, which is a bit funny, okay? Now, JP Morgan is hiring uh, 34 people for cryptocurrency because uh, they're opening up a cryptocurrency desk. It You know, it's product managers and blockchain engineers, and they're looking for people for the US, Singapore, Greece and Mexico of all people, which is strange. Greece and Mexico, I found weird. Uh, Celsius, which is the uh, lender for crypto, and they're also a competitor of Nexos. And it just shows what these guys are earning, okay? Massive amount of money. 
Uh, they, they invested over $200 million in a Bitcoin mining operation in North America. And this is just spare cash to these guys. So it just shows you what Celsius is making. And, you know, uh, Nexo is about, you know, say about 40%, 45% the size more than, than Celsius. And I see Nexo a better story, okay, than Celsius, right? Now, today we have $570 million in Bitcoin options expiring. Uh, and a lot of them are out of the money. And um, also, there's a lot of uh, uh, Ethereum options expiring. So I'll go through that as well. And uh, also, miners that earn Bitcoin, they're reluctant to sell their Bitcoin below 40000 which I can understand that. So it tells me that, you know, the downside on Bitcoin, I believe, will be really a minimum because... At the moment, people are not long, okay? They weren't as long as they were on the 19th of May, right? So, you know, the market was absolutely 100% long on the 19th of May, except me and my clients. And that's why you saw so much volume going through, two trillion, okay? But at the moment, people have been washed out, right? And I just feel this market doesn't have the capacity to sell down too much, okay? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'll tell you the reasons why I believe that, okay? Now, Bitcoin has very, very strong support at 34000 and around 32500 And anything below that is seen a it's in an outlier below 30,000 in the 20,000 region, right? It's just a, a red, raw buy, 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 buy as much as you can, right? Now, when you look at the call put ratio, okay, and I look at that all the time for cryptocurrency, if you buy call, you're expecting the market to go up. If you buy put, you're expecting the market to go down. You'll find that the put ratio for Bitcoin is 8448.7 bill, okay? And the call ratio is 7.086 bill, okay? So the call to put ratio, right, for, for, for Bitcoin at the moment is 0.84, okay? And that tells me people are short Bitcoin. And this is really important when you're a trader, okay? If you don't know this stuff, you need to know it. You know, I look at everything, right? So that tells me most people are short Bitcoin, but not a lot, but short, Okay? So the capacity for this market to go down a lot, I don't believe is there simply because people are short Bitcoin at the moment, right? And, you know, that's generally right across the board. Even when we look at futures, they're generally short futures of Bitcoin as well compared to being long. But when you look at Ethereum, most people are long Ethereum in terms of calls and the ratio is, is completely different. You know, we've got about, you know, we've got 403 you know, bill, this is huge, right? 403 bill long, they've bought calls and puts, they're only short 43 million, right? So they bought puts for 43 million. The diversity, the divergence, I should say, is, is incredible with Ethereum. So all these fund managers and traders are all long Ethereum. And I believe they'll be long and wrong. Okay, I love that saying, long and wrong. Like, Ethereum is not worth 
2654. A matter of fact, over the last five years, its earnings have deteriorated. Okay, if you know the system, you know what they do, and you look at all the stats the way I do, their earning has deteriorated. They're more, uh, you know, they've got large stakers that control the staking pool. Uh, you know, they've got people leaving as quick as they get there. They can't, you know, it's too expensive. Operation, other, you know, tokens can't survive on their platform. And if anything, their risk has actually got higher, not got less. And I'd argue other coins like XRP that has been putting on many, many clients in the last five years, not like Ethereum that's been losing clients, you know, XRP is, is de-risking. You know, the risk of this business falling over is very limited, right? Because it's growing. It's getting more clients. It's going all over the world, getting bigger and bigger. Where Ethereum is not. Ethereum has gone backwards, right? So these fund managers, as far as I'm concerned, they don't too much know too much about cryptocurrency technology. They are totally behind the curve and totally haven't got a clue about the technology. And I would not be long... Ethereum if you paid me. Seriously, I would rather be long Binance. Binance will take out Ethereum. Mark my words. Now, what else we got here? Um, Oakcoin becomes the first UX exchange to integrate Polygon Bridge trading platform, enabling a direct ERC20 token withdrawal, and that saves 25% on gas fees, right? Another right, competitor to Ethereum, right, Matic, Polygon, we love Matic, we're in that early, early, 22 cents, 2 cents, 3 cents, right, Polygon is a fantastic story, right, and it is a direct competitor of Ethereum, right, no-brainer, Ethereum is bleeding, people, now, Ocoin is a US licensed platform, uh, trading platform, and it's in 84 different countries, uh, now, Polygon, as you know, is a full-stake scaling interoperability uh, system. And, you know, it's also backed by, uh, you know, Binance and Coinbase. So it's getting backed by all these exchanges, right? And also, the other day, I told you that, um, you know, uh, what else do we have here? Sorry, that was something else. Oh, I mixed, mixed it up now, guys and girls. Sorry about that. No, so Polygon is a great story, just coming back to those. And, and they're getting uh, more and more clients all the time. Now, Polkadot, this is the thing I mentioned the other day, Polkadot and Kasama, you know, they tr attracted that $30 million in funding from Master Ventures, right? And Master Ventures are actually going to make a $30 million deposit in Polkadot's ecosystem, right? Which is absolutely fantastic to support their parachains where it's interoperability and all that sort of thing, okay? Now, Kasama is linked with Polkadot. Don't forget Kasama is the experimental version of Polkadot. Uh, and it exists, though, on a separate blockchain. But I have to ask a question. Polkadot's the main thing. Why do people pay too much for Kasamo? They're just stupid. You know, you're better off investing in Polkadot. Polkadot is the real thing. But yet people out there that don't know anything about cryptocurrency invest in Kasamo, where, you know, the clientele doesn't go on Kasamo because it's only an experimental version of Polkadot, right? It's pretty stupid. Anyway, I mean, that, I mean, I ask these questions all, all the time, right? As you know, Polkadot's a multi-chain, has smart contracts. People can put dApps on their applications. It can be private. It can be public. It can do anything. And, you know, Gavin Wood, the founder of Polkadot, even said, look, this is a new version of Ethereum. So, again, 
another competitor to Ethereum. There are thousands of competitors to Ethereum, okay? So let's talk about the, oh God, don't get me started, people. Here we go. The SEC and XRP. Blooming hell. They're so stupid. Fair What else am I going to say here? It is Friday. It's a beautiful day. I'm dying for a beer. But you know what? The SEC have no idea. Seriously, this is going to go on. They're just dicks. What else can I say? I know I've got to be nice about this because I am a crypto granny. I get it. Okay, right. Here we go. So this whole, you know, this XRP SEC thing, honestly. So Ripple accuses the SEC of changing time uh, with the latest discovery request. So in other words, Ripple is saying, for heaven's sakes, you know, we wanted this finished within four months. You know, you at the SEC are just dilly-dallying. You know, you're just, you know, making it slower and slower in the process, slower and slower. And now you're asking, now you're asking the courts for more information. I mean, this is getting to be a bit of a joke, right? And I agree with Ripple. You know why I agree with Ripple? Listen to this one, right? Apparently, Ripple have already given the SEC 50,000 documents, right? Over two and a half years. The investigation has been going for two and a half years. And don't forget, that's what the SEC does. It investigates people first and then it goes public about it. So they could have been there for two or three years, right? So Ripple's already given them 50,000 documents to, to, just, to investigate over two and a half years. Now, listen for it. Now, the SEC's coming back and says they want an additional 67,000 documents. I mean, how can anyone have these many documents anyway? But what are the 67,000 documents, right? Could you imagine the cost of the taxpayer of getting people at the SEC, the credit people or whatever, or the young people going through these friggin' documents? I mean, this is a joke, man, an absolute joke. And the American citizen is paying their tax for this sort of carry-on, fair income. As far as I'm concerned, the SEC hasn't got a leg to stand on. Seriously, this is a joke. So what happened is, you know, Ripple, rightly so, Brad Garlinghouse and Chris Larson said, look, Mr. SEC, man, this is just going on forever. Let's, you know, get this sorted, right? But now the SEC is deposing that and go on the court and said, oh, no, we want additional information, right? Fair income. I mean, what else can I say? These guys are idiots, right? They're also asking for uh, more documents on custody information, right? So where the XRP, XRP sits, if you sell it to someone, okay? They want to look at some other transactions, which they've already seen, right? Um, now they've demanded uh, more documents, as you know, another 60-odd thousand, and, you know, rightly so, Ripple have said this is just a joke because four months ago, you know, the SEC implied that they would have a complete outcome of discovery by the 2nd of July, right? Which is, you know, only about three weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, right? So the timeline that the SEC agreed to is just not going to happen, because the SEC are now asking for 67,000 more friggin' documents, right? I mean, this is just insanity, right? Honestly, insanity. And I really feel the SEC are just trying to get money out of, out of Ripple, seriously. And I don't believe they have a leg to stand on because they just haven't got a clue about markets or anything. That's my view on that, seriously. 
It's just incredible. Anyway, Tezos introduced the seventh protocol upgrade, Granada and Tez, Tez Nets. Now, Tezos, again, is another Estrom killer, okay? There are so many, as I said, so many platforms out there that are in competition with Estrom. Now, I love Tezos. We buy Tezos. Tezos reminds me of theatre, and I think Tezos is going to be a great story. Uh, and, you know, and they're, they're building up robust government systems. They've done an upgrade to the system to reduce gas fees by 50%, right? The block time speed is better. Uh, they can do bond issuance. They can do NFTs. I mean, it's just incredible, right? So, you know, I think Ethereum's, uh, you know, really in strife. I really do. Uh, and that's why I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. So what else we got today? Let's go to the fiat market. Oh, no, sorry, i got to tell you about social media. So on the social media, what people are looking up worldwide on the internet is Cum Rocket. Oh, my God, some of these names, seriously. Poly Polygon, which we love. New Cypher. Walt, what is that? Walt, kind of read my writing. Uh, Walt Swap. Shiba Inu. Poly Dodge, get real. Uh, Mineral Protocol, that's worldwide web. And then what they're looking at on, on Luna Lush is Filecoin, Theatre Token, uh, Nano, Theatre Fuel, UMA, Nervous Network, uh, Maker, Celsius, and L Dodge, okay? So if we go to the fiat market, today we had non-farm payroll out in the States. It's a big figure. And look, the rumours were, the whispers were uh, about a million people, and I just said, that's a joke. I do not believe that they're put on a million people, you know, in a month. I just don't believe that. And sure as eggs, and, and also the economists came out with, uh, you know, forecasts of 674,000, right? And I'm like, I don't believe that either. Seriously, because when you look at job job claims every week, new jobless claims every week, last this week it was 466,000, right? So I don't believe a million people got employed. I really don't believe that. Mm. And rightly so. 559,000 people got employed, right? And that was a lot less than what the market thought. So on the back of that, the equity market rallied and the 10-year bond rate went down to 1.615, okay? Uh, and the US dollar came off a high of 110, whatever it was, down to 109.53. And gold sort of, you know, stayed around 18.88, right? But the thing is, what confused... What, you know, I asked a couple of my American friends and my clients as well, why, why you know, when I'm reading stuff, obviously, and doing my research, why is why are the businesses looking so much for labour? Like, you see, you know, they're, they're trying to find people for, you know, to work in a shop or serve people or something, you know, work at an ice cream shop or something. And then on the other hand, we've got all these new people going uh, for, for new time, employment benefits and I don't know whether this is right or wrong, but this was my friend's perspective. He said that people are getting paid more on the employment benefits than they are on their average wage, right? And I just thought that that's shocking, you know, like, you know, uh, the hourly, I don't know what the minimum wage is, minimum hourly wage is over there. But, you know, he said it was something like maybe eight bucks or even lower, and yet they're getting $15 an hour, you know, from the benefits, and, you know, this friend of mine said that, you know, they don't want to go back to work because of that. And I, I, now I can understand why they don't want to go to, back to work. If that's all they're getting paid, I mean, how do they live when the cost of inflation is through the roof and the cost of living is through the roof? It's just beyond me, right? Price pressure is up 
you know, 50, 60% per annum, you know, and, and you can see this too, you know, the Canadian average hourly earnings figure came out year on year, average hourly earnings figure, right, year on year, it was down 1.7%. Now they're saying, you know, so think about this, if they're saying inflation's running at 2.5%, you know, extra, which it's not, it's actually 30%. And your wages every year are going down 1.7%, or say it's two, right? And inflation's at 30%. You're actually behind the curve by 32%, and you're working. So you're actually the working class poor. That's the whole point, right? So, you know, you're getting a wage, and it's going down every year by 2%, and food price inflation's escalating. You can see what's happening here. It's the working poor, and eventually no one will be able to afford rent or anything. I mean, this is, you know, for me, I think this is terrible, diabolical. Um, you know, so, th- you know, you got, you know, I look at the numbers like that and seriously, what I see in terms of the numbers uh, are scary. You know, it is absolute depression, depression, and I mean that seriously, guys and girls, but then you've got stagflation. It's out of control and... Uh, it's going to be a very interesting time in markets, okay, but also a, probably a scary time in terms of, you know, the poor people in this world. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't like to leave on a bad note. So on that note, I'm going to go and get a beer, which I, I look look forward to, a Dutch beer, which will be lovely. They have a Vita beer, which I just love. It's a white beer. And there's a, the sun's out, and I'm going to go and sit out in the garden and just get a bit of a, bit of a suntan. Anyway, guys and girls, I will talk to you on Monday. Please have a great weekend and a safe one. Thank you.